what is the your experience of being an entrepreneur? Yeah. The worst things about it, <laughs> you are constantly being pitched oh. everything by everyone. Like it's as simple as like meeting somebody for like a quick lunch. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it turns into a sales pitch. I'm like, dude, even, I just even, thought I'm getting even lunch. As somebody who is pitching. Okay, I get I get pitched. Yeah. I get pitched. So people come to me. They're like, "Hey, we have this crazy course, this crazy class, of yeah. very focused people." And I'm like, "Okay, good for you, man." <laughs> Welcome to the Hog Podcast. We have Ali and we have Ali as well. Um, they are the owners of Viram, which is a tutoring company. So I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. How are you guys? are good thank you for having us ibrahim of course of course you? All right. thank you of course great so i've been working with you guys for quite a while and i must say i really do love your brand i love everything you guys do and everything you guys stand for uh what made you really start viram what was kind of your inspiration well viram was essentially started as a started as a tutoring website and then it scaled to becoming a full tutoring business uh we initially launched the site to be a gateway where students can find tutors during the midst of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. And then as we saw that this is something valuable, we're seeing uh, scalability, we're seeing all different opportunities, we uh, decided to go full force and launching it into a full uh, business. Uh, essentially, went from a tutoring website to an educational technology company. And uh, this has been running and scaling for the last two and a half years. Okay, amazing. And what about you, Ali? What was kind of your inspiration? Ali 2.0. So, Ali 2.0. <laughs> by the way, he, he usually goes just by Ali. I go by AJ. You go by AJ, okay. Make it easier on everyone. We'll do AJ. I'll, I'll, I'll sacrifice my naming <laughs> rights to myself. Uh, inspiration behind Virom. Very good question. So, I joined a little bit later. Um, Ali started the company in 2020. I started about a year and some change afterward, after that. Okay. Uh, I've known Ali before the company, before he started V-Realm. Um, really loved the idea of a tutoring company that's not a marketplace. Okay. Most okay. of what we saw, most of what I used, I don't know about you, but most of what I used as tutoring providers throughout um, high schools, maybe not high school, I don't think companies and online was as big back then. Yeah, college. Yeah. Uh, there were marketplaces. You go and you, hey, I have a specific question that uh, I want help with. And you go to a marketplace and you find someone to help you with that. And along with, you know, like college provided tutors when you have a tutoring center. Okay. What we were trying to build and what I had the vision to build is connecting the parent, the student, the teacher, and the school all together. Okay. Um, that was at the time when Viram was just starting to scale and we're starting getting more and more users. Uh, so I came on board about a year and a half, year and some change ago. Okay. Um, to help build the product plan and the business plan as a whole in order to be more than just tutoring, right? We want to bring in, start bringing in the tools and the processes and the right, structures right, right, of all. Right. Of course. To to help make it a full cycle for yeah. the student, for the okay. parent, for the teachers, and essentially the tutors. So yeah. the, the difference between that, we tried very hard to not become a marketplace because from our experience, my experience, Ali's experience, when we go to a marketplace, everybody looks qualified. Everybody looks like, of course, you know, of you, you have a thousand calculus tutors with very uh, lucrative backgrounds. Well, either they studied at the Ivy League schools or have tutored for X amount of years or know this or know that. So it kind of puts that student or the parent that's looking for tutoring at a, at a point where they have way too many options and they really don't know what's the right pick. So for us, we cut that out entirely and we're the ones that match right. the student with the tutor based on you know a, a preset of, of requirements that uh, we're instilling into our uh, matching system as well as our eventual product that we uh, uh, launch later down the line. Sure. So I have I have a question for both of you guys actually. So two things that that I've kind of been through as a as an entrepreneur as somebody who runs a social media marketing agency is that I often see a lot of the times that 
personal issues and personal life issues sometimes play a big role in my performance within the company. So how do you guys deal with that? <laughs> Separate, man. You got yeah. to find a way to, you know, uh, family is definitely important. Per, your personal life will have an effect. But right. if you cannot separate the two and, you know, when you're, and that's one of the reasons we try to, uh, you know, we, we got an office early on, which is not something I suggest, but it did help us orient ourselves that when we're in the office, when we come in, we're, we're in, you know, work mode, we are in hustle mode. We cannot associate the two uh, in terms of it affecting one another. Sure. So family, like I said, it's a huge thing for me personally. It's one of the biggest thing, one of the most important things, but you have to find the time uh, for, for each area of your life. And if you're trying to grow a business, if you're trying to grow a startup, this is... Essential. You have, yeah, essential. Yeah, it's it's course, all about time. Course. So for me, I'll give a little different perspective. I agree with Adi, but sometimes you get people that motivate you. And like when we first started, I think, and I think it was back when you first started as well. And when I joined, we got a lot of like, you're crazy. You know, okay. I, I had a 10 year career in engineering that I left. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to pursue this. You get a lot of people telling you you're an idiot. You, you are giving up a sure career for a maybe, a big maybe, starting your own company and taking that risk. Okay. Uh, that was like a big, big motivator for me. I worked twice, three times as hard, not just to you know, prove others wrong. I want to prove it to myself first right, and foremost. Right. Uh, but it doesn't help getting that little bit extra motivation. Sure, yeah, so. absolutely. And for, like, even for me personally, when, um, when, Adi, when Adi came on board, and obviously I'm not going to go to anyone and try to bring them on board if I didn't, you know, I didn't believe vet them, them and believe course. in their, yeah. uh, what they're going to bring the, to the table. So when I saw that Ali is an incredibly intelligent guy, an engineer who's, you know, worked in, 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 in various different fields um, to give up that career and join Viram, it became a motivating factor for us and it kind of made me look at my own company differently okay. and see that an, an engineer with this background, with this experience, has the, the, the uh, trust mm. or believes in the mm. vision of VRealm. My vision, my belief, my motivation just shot a hundred times right. uh, through the roof. So it, it motivated him as well as it motivated us. But it's, uh, as the company. Of course, of course. But it's also very essential who you put on to, into your team as well. Absolutely. Because I've had people come on to, to my team who I thought would, would do great, honestly. But then, you know, later on down, down the line, they just were not as motivated as I was. They just didn't want to pursue things as much as I wanted to pursue it. And that kind of puts you down in a way. It does. Yeah. A lot of things are going to put you down when you start a business. And one of the things that you have to figure out is how to find the right people and in a startup, everybody that you bring on kind of becomes like family. Yep, so yep. if that person that you bring on isn't, isn't fitting in, maybe they're great, maybe they're incredibly smart, but they're not fitting in, um, then you got to cut them. Of course, of course. All right, so, so back to our point, how do you measure success for you guys? Because you guys have been doing this for a very long time. You guys have worked with parents, yeah. students, multiple people. You guys have worked with tutors, other businesses, investors. I mean, everything. You guys have done it all, I would yeah. say. So how do, you, how do you guys measure success? When are you like, okay, this is kind of where I want to be at and you know, I'm, I'm proud of what I've done? So uh, I think for me, it's all about the expectation. Right? Okay. When, when we set out to do a new project or bringing on or partnering with a client or a school or a school district, uh, it's all about the expectation. What are we expecting to complete by a certain amount of time? Okay. Um, we have to be a little bit realistic, right? Everybody wants to shoot for the moon and you, know, you, you land where you land. Right. Uh, but setting up the right expectation and realistically, what do we think we can accomplish? Um, at the end of the day, did we meet that objective? Okay, we might not gotten the most money that we could have out of that particular venture, but the primary objective was, you know, we worked with a new client, we onboarded them, we demonstrated that we had an idea and we scaled it okay. with an additional partner. That's, uh, that's one of those things that we can use to measure it. Um, sometimes it's for working with like individual students and individual parents, um, that the student meet their their goals, right? Their goal could be just uh, 
Yeah. I just want to sharpen my skills, right? I don't, I don't, I already got straight A's and I just want to keep improving and yeah. keep getting better. Um, other times it's, I have a test coming up. I need to pass it, right? So, yeah. you know, the way we measure it is or depending on who we're working on or working with, uh, whether it's a larger uh, school or individual students, uh, that measure of success is different. For us as a business, yep. that really depends, right? Because sometimes our goal is purely uh, user growth. Yep, of course. Money becomes secondary. Other times it's like, okay, now we need a little bit more, uh, focus a little bit more on money. Okay. So different phases of uh, what do we need right now, and we tailor our you know, measures of success based on that. Understood, understood. Yeah, I agree with what uh, AJ said. For me, it's happy parents, happy students, better grades. Okay. okay. Happy parents because... That's, that's a motto right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happy parents because they see that their student is progressing. What they're paying for is showing. There's result. They see the results, so that gives us something to consider, something to track. Uh, happy students, they're happy with the... Because results. no student wants to get tutoring, and it's a, a very... You know, a different perspective from a student side and a and a parent side. So we have to, even though they're both combined in the same service, we have to look at each one independently. So for us to see a happy student is that they really understand what they're being taught. They're coming to us. Their parents are signing them up for tutoring because they're struggling in class or they want to get ahead. But there's something that they need to get better at. And they want to see that as a student. Today's students are, uh, I want to say, very, very knowledgeable. They, they have access to everything. So when we get them in tutoring, we have to understand that. And we have to uh, find a way to communicate that over to the student and show them that they are progressing. They are the, because of their effort, because of the tutor, right. their, their, their effort in tutoring, uh, this is how they're progressing. This is how they're getting better. Mm. Better grades is the, the really the ultimate KPI that we measure in terms of... Uh, our business because if they're a struggling student that has that failing a specific class our our goal is to have them pass so if they go from f to a b or f to an a that's what we're looking for that's what we're measuring that measures success now from all of those i didn't say revenue um because that's not at the moment in our business where we're trying to get to Revenue is obviously incredibly important, but it's not something that's going to measure success. Absolutely not. It's not so, what drives your not. company. Exactly. exactly. When I have parents referring other parents, when I have students talking about it, when I have uh, school district superintendents trying to get in touch with us, that's what is showing me as a business owner and showing me as a startup owner that what we're doing is right. Okay. So okay. I can have a very, you know, I can have a shitty product or a shitty service that I can market really, really well and make a lot of money from it. Mm-hmm. But is it sustainable? Is it going to be successful uh, in, in five, 10 years? So that's, you want your name attached to it. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest yeah. thing. Sustainability is huge. Yeah. It's huge to, to a certain extent. A lot of companies that start up, I would say every company fails at some point. Okay, every single company, whether it's, you know, a huge startup that, that's gotten millions of dollars, at some point you're going to be seeing something go downhill. And that's why a lot of people sell their companies yeah. simply because a lot of companies do go downhill and they're not able to sustain it as well as they would like yeah. to sustain it. So for, for new people who want to start companies and businesses and, and you know, want to get into the entrepreneurial life, what do you, what do you guys recommend? Do I know it. you guys have been. Do it. Like, the, the, the just jump in. So it, yeah, at yeah. first <laughs> it's it's the, that hard. I've always seen those like motivational posters where you have like this huge ladder and it says, "Don't worry about the top; just worry about that first step." Um, the intimidation factor in entrepreneurship is real. Absolutely, like absolutely, it is scary to even take not even take the first step. Think about taking the first step. Yeah, um, I went to school, not not including high schools and. Whatever, right college i took four years of college um i worked for about 10 years uh yeah. in multiple fields and i took a lot of different courses and training and whatever uh, to get better at the craft mm-hmm. the first four or so months of me being involved with Verom as an actual co-founder uh, of that company and making business decisions I learned more in that four-month period than I have in the entirety of my 
college and my school career. Your frame of mindset changes. Um, Before, you know, the risk is not yours. When I was making decisions, when I was working for companies, that whatever risk I'm introducing is not mine. Of course. It's not affecting me. It's affecting the business owners, affecting the companies, but there's a huge staff that like tries to mitigate that risk. Yeah. For us, you know, so we're, us. we're two people, you know, yeah. and we yeah. got, we're two people that make those business decisions and we have, you know, people working for us and with us, but that risk is entirely ours. Yeah. 100% of it is ours. So the frame of mindset now, at least for me, it shifted. Yeah. Now I have to actually be more thoughtful of what is the risk. Yeah, yeah. And I have to take it. Like I have to say, yes, that is a risk that I am going to take as a company, as a business owner. Mm. Um, sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. But that, that's a the lot reality. of times it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And one of the things that you got to understand is that when you do take these risks, when you do uh, make these tough decisions and it doesn't work, you got to be okay with it. You yeah. have to. And if you it fails to. and it kills your company, you have to understand that this is a possibility. Yeah. I think, yes, entrepreneurship is intimidating. And at the same time, a lot of people push you to become an entrepreneur. The only issue I have with that is that sometimes it's uh, painted as guys blue an easy thing to get into yeah. and you become yeah. a millionaire there I th- and, and well, I one thing I want to point out is that when you look at movies when you watch a movie about mm-hmm. an entrepreneur about a business owner they always fast forward that uh, tough the, period the grind you know? the grind yeah. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. that couple of it's like that's this the is part. this is this is exactly yeah. that's like the boring start working part. out that's the part and that nobody wants to do <laughs> exactly yeah. they put that you know in a in a in a fast-paced uh, format where you're you see that tough period yeah. is condensed in like three minutes in reality that's like three to five your, your first three to five years of the business of course what you do in that five minutes in the movie or three minutes in the movie is what shapes the outcome of the business. Fully so agreed. when you look at that as a student, uh-huh. as someone who wants to become an entrepreneur, you have to understand that it's not three minutes, not yep. five minutes, yep. it's not a year, it's not yep. two, three, even five years. It's what you do, what you focus on, what you lose sleep over in exactly. the first three to five years. Yep is what shapes the business. Yeah. Now, we're still, I consider myself still to be new to business, but this is what I learned. I'm sure I, there are people who've been in business, who've had business for 15, 10, 15 years that might have a different opinion, but this is what I've seen in the last three years of me starting a business, of me going through that uh, period, um, and where I still consider myself part, it, partly in that period. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this is... For me, this is the fun part yep, because yep. every day it's a new challenge. Every day it's a new opportunity to learn, and it it like AJ said, it's it's that mind uh, mindset, the way that you think about facing challenges, it shifts and transitions into all different areas of your life. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to figure that out, if you're able to learn that skill of facing your challenges and cre- finding creative ways to uh, you know solve them, it, it it's the most useful tool that you can have in your toolbox and it's very rewarding at the same time oh, it's yeah. extremely rewarding Absolutely. and we go back to risk as well and i can even argue that that not even you know going to a nine-to-five job is a risk starting a company is a risk not starting companies are so you're always risking something you just have to decide what you're What's exactly your risk? risking yeah. right so yeah. people are like oh uh you know you know be worried about starting a business there's a huge risk well there's a huge risk if you don't as well you know, where are you yeah. going to be working at? What are you going to do with your life? Every single decision that you make is, to a certain extent, yeah. a risk. You have to do it for the right reason. If, if, you're, yeah. if you're sitting there and be like, hey, I, I want to be like super mega rich in the shortest amount of time. Everybody Entre- wants that. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> but, wants but like, that. It, it doesn't realis- happen. And realistically, yeah. entrepreneurship is, is a way it. to get that, but, but it, it takes a long time for it to happen. Um, if you want to like, be super rich, go b- become a software engineer and get you'll get hired on the spot yeah, right yeah, out of school or yeah. probably before school and you'll become incredibly successful and you will make a lot of money yeah if you become that software engineer and then decide to start your own business you need to know that you're not making that money yeah. in the first few years mm-hmm. you'll make a lot of money if it succeeds but startups 
have a 90% chance of failing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's all dependent on the person. Absolutely. Now, let's, let's go back to, to your guys' business. I'm really curious because you guys run a, a, a tutoring company. Okay, you guys are the heads of the tutoring company. So you guys are able to see kind of what people are thinking, what the students are thinking, and you're really interacting with the students and the parents and understanding their pain points and really what they need and want. So what is your opinion on, on the whole entire school system? And, and do you guys kind of <laughs> agree with it? Because That's a full that question. loaded question, that is a right? very loaded question. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, who wants to take the so I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab at it, right? I'll give you an, my opinion on what I think about the school system. I'm an immigrant to this country. Yeah. Right. I'm, I, I grew up, I didn't grow up. I grew, you know, born in, in Iraq, lived there for about first and second grade time frame, And then we moved yep. to Syria, um, lived there for about six years. And I came here, the school system in, in my eyes in the United States is incredibly successful yep. because I have a worse experience, right? Um, I was here that the the information that I was taught in Syria, for example, in Iraq was harder than it is here. But you get a higher chance of succeeding in that education in the U.S. I know that's not a very popular view, right? People look at the United States. If you look at the like the world index of where does the U.S. education system rank, we're not that high, as you would expect from a first world country. And that's understandable. We are a very, very, very big country with very diverse, right? 300 some million people live in this country through a very vast geographic distance and uh, different backgrounds. So yeah, you're, you're, it's going to be incredibly hard to scale a large education system to become worldwide, right? Like recognized as one of the yeah. best. Um, I think there's a lot of positives in the U.S. education system. With that said, the negatives are hard to solve because I think we, we as, a, as a society in the United States and a, a, a school system in general, there's a lot of effect on profits of third-party companies that we let affect the success rate of students and the quality of education that you get. One of those things is like, um, implementation of new technologies. I think the, the school system is incredibly outdated and it might have worked for the 200 some years that it existed, right? You learn yeah, out of a textbook, yeah. you have somebody talking to you and teaching you something. Of course. Um, but we're in a very, very rapidly advancing and, world. And you guys capitalized on that too, yeah. from, from what I'm understanding. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was Big our time. intent, is yeah. that we saw that the US school system is good. It's producing producing workforce uh, at scale, very large. Um, the problem with it is right now, the way we see it is there's a lot of technologies coming in from all over the world. Yep. Yep. And the workforce that you're going to be working in as a graduate expects you to know these things. But the school system doesn't teach it. So our role uh, at VRealm, on top of tutoring, is to provide you and provide you that tutoring, provide you that education in a manner that you would expect of a modern technology company. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're implementing things like uh, neuroscience assessments, figure out how you learn, what type of things you like to learn, how do you like to learn, how do you like to learn them? Yeah. Um, what type of teacher might work well with you? So implementing that type of thing, implementing concepts like uh, how do we experience in VR? Right, yep. Virtual reality, augmented reality, um, work, learning from your phone and your computer at the same time rather than just you know, a, a live person talking to you. Those things are very, very challenging for the school system to implement because it's so large. For us, it's a little bit easier because you know, we're... We get the people that are yeah. Yeah. open to this. So and Yeah, this, and like you said, the school system has not changed for the last 100, 200 years. And that's, when you look at it, it's a problem. And there are a lot of solutions being introduced, but they're not really solutions for the core problem. Yeah. I always say that the schools are always introducing new tools, but they're not 
changing or adapting the medium. Of course. The medium is still the same. How yeah. they learned 100 years ago is how students are learning today. Mm-hmm. When the virtual, when COVID hit and there's a virtual transition in, in, in uh, school for schools, yep. exactly. It, 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 they didn't change the way they were teaching, although there's a new medium now. The medium of the teacher using Zoom, using Meets to, to teach has changed from being in person, but the way that it's, the, 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 they're teaching students is still the same. It's you're reading, and I, I, there are a lot of great teachers out there, and mm-hmm. I personally know incredibly uh, creative teachers because a lot of teachers are finding creative ways to help students learn uh, in their own way, in a personalized approach, because yeah. you have to understand how much distraction uh, today's students are facing and how much... Uh, is being, you know, is being uh, influenced to afford them to use different tools, different technology, yeah, uh, social yeah. media platforms to keep them distracted. Uh, but again, going back to that virtual transition, when the medium changed, the teachers are still teaching uh, by by lecturing. Okay, they're reading off of presentation slides just like they were reading off of presentation slides in the classroom, and that's a problem because the student now has another barrier which is the computer screen in front of them, where when they were bored in the classroom, they still had to sit down and listen. There wasn't anything that was distracting them or a barrier. Now there's a screen, and when you put a screen in front of a, of a student, and if it, you're not engaging them in the, in the teaching process or how, how you want them to learn, students are incredibly smart. They have a device in their pocket that can answer any question that they yep. have better than any teacher can. And we can get into the whole chat GPT conversation later, but today, 2023, students have the ability to get an answer, Instantly. an incredibly well-structured answer in, a, in, in, a, in, a, in less than a second. Yep. yep. So if you don't understand that as a school system, and if you don't use this, it's gonna be very difficult to get students to a point where they're graduating and they are ready to enter the workforce. They are not just, when they graduate high school and go into college, when they graduate college and go into the workforce, they are going to fall behind and it's going to interrupt a lot of the business operation, yeah. a lot of the, 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 the qualifications of yep. graduates and it's going to lead students to find alternative pathways to find that education that qualifies them and gets them ready for that job that they're looking to get so mm-hmm. i have a point in that uh working in like the students are falling behind when they enter the workforce uh i used to work for uh government and one okay. of the facilities that you could possibly work in is a secured facility right okay. you can't have personal devices yep. Yep. on you when you go in um, there was a challenge that we were facing. The younger kids that are just graduating college, right? It's their first time into the workforce. They're being asked to leave their phone outside when they enter these spaces. Huh. We had like 10 to 15%. And then they, this is a very like localized number uh, of the people that we've hired that weren't okay with that. They wanted to leave. Like that's not an environment they want to work course, in. Of course. And, a lot of the uh, the older generation they they like get annoyed by that because it's like these kids nowadays they yeah. don't have an attention span and they're not as smart as we were. I have a huge problem with that. I, I, agree. I think if you take fully agree one of the student of today's generation, compare them to somebody from an older generation at that age. Today's kids are like much light years smarter. Smart. Of course, I mean they have they're exposed to much more information. Yeah. Yeah, and your information a hundred years ago or fifty years ago was when you get a newspaper or when you uh, turn on your TV and get some sort of information passed yep. over to yep. you. Now you get information every second, every minute, yep. every time you and it's look condensed, anywhere. right? Very it's condensed. Like, now, Absolutely. one thing I say, and you gotta, <laughs> you're gonna like this, is that I believe if the school system, and I'm gonna be very broad about it, you know, if the school system or the teachers operate as advertisers, we would see a very success, uh, very successful outcome because advertisers 
look into you and find everything you care about and personalize and tailor the content to grab your attention and highlight your pain points and ultimately push you to make a decision. And, you know, you're obviously familiar with it. it's, It's the call to action. Of course. So what is the call to action for today's teachers or today's students? Is they're, they're getting all of this, by the way, outside of the classroom. They're getting personalized material, co- personalized content, uh, email, social media, uh, w- Google, wherever, they're, are, wherever they are uh, on digitally, yep. everyone is personalizing their experience. Mm-hmm. Apple, one of the biggest examples. Your iPhone is completely personalized to you. And that's why Apple became such a successful company is because of the way that things are designed, how the device, the apps, how things are designed to the user, making their experience uh, incomparable to any other device. Of course. So if students were taught in this way, Mm -hmm. with a call to action, with a personalized manner, in a way that's tailored to their individual needs, we would see a different outcome. Huge difference. Huge difference. So we, most recently we saw the national report card came out and a lot of big districts, uh, districts that are known to rank high, yep. have dropped significantly. Hmm. Although a lot of funding was pushed uh, from the government to support the school districts. A lot of uh, new tools were introduced. And we still see that, we still saw a big drop. Of course. Yeah. Yep. So that kind of tells you, is it the new tools that we're introducing? Or is it the way we're teaching? And you guys know the answer to that one, definitely. Yeah. I had a mentor that told me something very, very, like, early on in my career. Um, You keep hearing about critical thinking in the workforce. You have to be a critical thinker and think outside the box, but you don't really know what it means. Um, So one of the analogies that he he told me is that it takes nine months to make a baby. What happens if you put five or six women into the problem does the nine month number change no no right so what the school system is doing is throwing more women at the nine months to make a baby it's not changing right you're throwing technologies uh and to be introduced into the the education you're throwing more money and you're trying to pull resources but the core problem is that school's boring yeah. Right? Like the student's attention <laughs> yeah. is just, it's yeah. hard to grab. It was boring a hundred years ago. Yeah. Here, here's the thing too, with, with the new age of social media, you have, you have things like, um, you know, 15 second shorts, TikTok, short form yeah. content, short form content yeah. that's, that's creating or allowing people to have ADHD. So people back then when they didn't have ADHD are now using their phones and, and developing ADHD. So they're not able to pay attention to something that's not actively moving to something that's, that's, you know, kind of well, just still. Yeah, I agree on that point. You, it, it's not necessarily about ADHD. It's about that dopamine pump that student or users of social media platforms get. Of course, when they see short form content, they're continuing to fuel that uh, to that spike. feeling. They yep. they want that feeling to continue, so they'll always check their phone. They always they're always going to be looking for you know more content, more content, more yep. content. Yep. It's how you position the teaching approach it's how you t- uh, position your teaching framework uh-huh. if it includes things that are going to engage the student okay. and it's going to uh, influence them to want more to get more it's an it, uh, i don't want to say it's an addiction but it's a way for them to be engaged in the learning process okay. so that continues with them down the line mm. now as a as a as a system as an education system can you guarantee that the way i get taught in eighth grade is going to be the same way i get taught in ninth grade can you guarantee that what i get taught in ninth grade is going to be the same as what i will get taught in 10th grade and so on no because every grade level is you're, you're being introduced to different teachers that have different frameworks that can say they're all working under that same umbrella but it's still different and it's still not really around the students 
I, I don't want to say that because there are a lot of great teachers out there again, yeah. but it, majority, there, uh, majority of the students are not experiencing something engaging year after year. Okay. Maybe, and that's why when you, when you look back, you can always point out that one teacher, yep. right? Yeah. That one yep. teacher that Absolutely. made a difference and what they said or what they did was, you know, it got stuck in your mind. Then you can always recall that because it's that one experience. What if that one experience was shared across all the school, all the schools, all the teachers? It'll be a different outcome. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. ESL for me. I had an ESL <laughs> teacher in uh, like ninth grade, yeah. and uh, I always look back. Like my wife always asked me, "How how did you like be really good at English and lose your accent and everything?" It was that one teacher in like a very short amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Mine was late. Mine was in college, man. I had a college professor, uh, writing, writing English professor, okay. who always made us present our writing in front of the whole class. Okay. And I'd always tell him, like, why do we need to do that? If it's a paper, why am I presenting it? He was like, because when you write something, you have to be comfortable saying it, talking about yep. it. And if you're not comfortable, then it's not good writing. So it kind of stuck with me. I, I don't know if the, it was the right way, but yeah. it stuck with me to always write in a way that I w can share yeah. and talk about and not yeah. make it sound very, um, you know, sticks and stones and yeah, 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 yeah. direct. And that's and why, I mean, I, I read a few of your blogs, actually, uh, a few guys' blogs, and, and you know, when I, when I you know, read, read the writing and I speak it out loud, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. I could just imagine you, you I'm know, glad. talking about the... <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. He, and, and he's the, the executive director of reviewing all the blogs. Okay. My okay. own blog. Yeah. Whoever that teacher is, man, he made my life incredibly hard. Okay. All the okay. stuff he gives me. Oh, you didn't write this well enough. AJ writes like, a, like an engineer, man. It's the most... Uh, never, never, never Bullet ask, points. How, never do ask him. How do you write then? What? How do you write then? Honestly, I, 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 I write... I don't stop writing my drafts. Like, okay. if it's the first draft, I'm going to let it Marinate continue. Marinate and continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I look back. Okay. And then I, uh, I, I, I would, like, read it to myself and kind of see if what I'm writing actually makes, makes sense. sense to me. Yeah. And then I would look at it from the reader's point of view. Okay. To see what if I was a student or I'm a parent and I'm mm -hmm. reading this. Do I does it make you know, sense does it, does does it, it resonate with me? Okay. And then I always, I, I try to not really edit my drafts as much, just because I tend to, <laughs> you know, if I start editing heavily, I'm gonna edit heavily. And if it's a blog, I want it to sound conversational. I want it to sound less formal. I don't want it to be a research paper. Or a, I agree. Know. I agree. And the creator of uh, that one tool, remember the, the, the book that I showed you 10 times market hacking formula? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the author of the, of the book created a tool and one of his arguments was saying that, okay, he creates blogs, he gives value, free value to people and then connects his company to the actual blogs for, to, to bring traffic into his company. So his argument is he never goes back and makes his team change anything, even if there was a typo, mistake, anything like that. And he's gotten people ridicule him, basically talking to him and saying, hey, I mean, why are you not doing this? And his argument was that it would take him, it's, it's much more beneficial for his time to go and create another blog than going make back and money. edit. And that's, that's the 10 times marketing, uh, market hacking formula uh, put into play because he's saying, okay, this is going to make me 10 times more than I'm making right now. Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm working on things that is, that is in the future going to make me more, you know, more money or more, yeah. give me more traffic. Bigger return than exactly. going back and editing. Exactly. But yeah, then because the, like blogs as a concept is uh, you're sharing information to everyone. Yeah. So whoever is looking for something um, or wants to research something, it's not a formal uh, platform in general, not a formal medium. Of course, uh, for me, I'm not going to submit this for a grant or a proposal. So I, I write how I write, yeah. and I, I'm, I hope it resonates, and I consider the reader, and you know, see how it plays. There are a lot of blogs that don't get any views or get of very course. few views, which is okay. It's, it's for me. It's a, it's better than everything working. So. Uh, 
I get to see what's not working so I can avoid in the future. Okay. Okay. I, I never read blogs in my life. Really? Like I've never read anything blog related. Or I use uh, Reddit. Uh, okay, you're yeah, a Reddit guy. Reddit. That's big Reddit. Short form content. Okay. <laughs> he likes threads. Uh, but after after joining here and starting to like see the the importance of it, I'm starting to pay a lot more attention to them. Yeah, and yeah. like one of the first things I do when I see like a, a new company or a new website, uh, I I read their blogs. Okay, it really tells you the insight of what's the company. going on and builds yeah. a lot more trust. Yeah, as well. Now speaking of trust, you guys have. I mean, I've been working with you guys for for quite a while right now, and I've known you guys for quite a while. And your guys's message really is is going against people who say don't go to school or don't worry about school to a certain extent okay right. now obviously there's there's some classes or courses that would you know not every now school's not for everyone and we can all yeah. agree with that um but then for example there's individuals that are saying get out of school and take my course and and they're building this thing for for the children of nowadays to say and kind of agree with with who they look up to and say, okay, I don't care about school. I'm going to take this guy's course, and that's going to be my school, and I'm going to do much better in life. How do, how do you guys kind of feel about that? Short, like short form answer. Sh- sure. Bullshit. Okay. Scam. Nice. Nice. I don't think that's. Uh, AJ has a has a couple of thoughts on that, yeah. and I think that, uh, what I think is that, and I always tell uh, my my brother this, is that school. Let's say college. Okay. When you finish high school, you have a choice. Go to college or don't. Okay. Technically, you can get a close, I don't want to say exactly the same, education in an alternative path rather than going to college. What you have to think about as a student is that college is the toolbox. Okay. And you have a bunch of tools in there that can shape your career, can shape your future, your business, whatever you decide to get into. Mm-hmm. You have to be smart. I don't want to say smart enough, but you have to be smart Competence. to a certain extent yep. that when you enter college, you at least have an idea of what you want to do mm-hmm. and then Make your decisions based off of that. Okay. If I want to start a business, there are going to be a lot of opinions. You know, college advisors, me personally, if I were to go back into like back to uh, college, I would not listen to any advisor. Absolutely. There are a lot of great advisors, but in my personal experience, what I was advised was different for uh, different from what was in my best interest. Okay. What was my, in my best interest is for me to be exposed to different things, different mm-hmm. uh, domains, subject okay. domains. Yep. Yep. I would have wanted to be introduced to engineering and software development and business and all of that, where I was narrowed to only taking classes that fit my uh, criteria or checklist, I call right. it my checklist and there are things that were irrelevant uh-huh. i me when i went into college i was a, a pre-med student that uh-huh. i graduated as a uh, neuroscience uh, major but what i would have wanted is that i should i should have been exposed because i'm paying all this money yep. to be exposed i should have been exposed to different domains where i would have made better decisions now okay. i was on track for med school i wanted to be a doctor for since I was a kid, uh-huh. uh, since we came to the States, uh, I wanted to be a doctor. After things happened, after whatever, when I was in my senior year of college, Virum, the idea sparked, everything happened very quickly. My whole career plan completely ch- shifted yeah, yeah. to something that I would have never considered. I would have never thought I'd start my own business and leave my job and uh, not go to med school and imagine coming from a you know Arab family yeah, when you yeah. tell your mom you're not going to be a doctor oh, you know and surprisingly <laughs> she was very supportive of me um, but I was not prepared I had to get this education the business education outside of college yeah. because yeah. when I was in college I didn't have 
the guidance to expose me to all these different things. So if you want, if you go into college, go for it. There you can take any class you want. You can meet any professor you want and get make the greatest connections because most startup founders, if you're trying to recruit co-founders, one of the best places to start is in your college. Who's yeah. who's who's a software engineer? In your class, who's a, you know, a, a marketing expert? You can, you can get crazy, crazy connections. Exactly. So you have to decide how you want college to play out. Of course. You want it to be that place where I build my network. It's a great place to build your network. If you want it to be that place where you expand on whatever field you want to expand on, go for it. Take the classes. If you're okay. interested in a very specific subject, take one class and see if this resonates. Don't limit yourself to that checklist. That's okay. my only advice to college students. So I agree. I, I, I'll expand on that a little bit. First of all, the, the original question is, what do you think about people you know, telling you, don't go to college, take my course? Oh, uh, God. Completely agree with Heidi. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> um, my, my, my frame of mind changed a while ago. I used to think that, you know, come out of high school, you should know exactly what you want to do and you should commit to it and you have four years and do it and, you know, you have a plan yeah. A track, follow it, and go out and execute. Nowadays, I don't think that's the right approach. The, mm-hmm. the notion that at 18, I have the mental capacity to decide the rest of my life is that's insane. insane. It's crazy, like, too. I, I, I don't even decide what I eat, <laughs> let alone decide my entire life at 18, right? And commit to a career and uh, and, a college and, and that's the thing most students when they commit they commit they yeah. cannot leave otherwise yeah. they have to restart the whole entire it's, thing it's looked at as a failure they trap you and they yeah. trap you within this especially this, if this you're thing. getting aid, like financial aid or you're getting some sort of support uh financially then you are actually limited to what you can take absolutely and that yeah. gets into much a deep like a deeper conversation but if you want to take a class outside of your um like major or your path um you're not going to get support. You're not going to yeah. get financial aid for it. Yeah. So that kind of traps you. And I want to say, if you're taking loans, if you're taking whatever, it doesn't matter, man. You're already going to be in debt. So yeah. take advantage of what you can take advantage of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that whole concept of like getting ready for, for college, I think you should go to college, right? Do not put this notion out there that not going to college is a good track. It could be for some people. Trade yeah. schools. Yeah. One of the best examples. Great careers right? Welders, whatever, all these different plumbing, all these different trade schools. If you're really into that and something that you're passionate about and you love to do and you love working with your hand, go for it. It's a great career and it's supported by, you know, hundreds of years of worth of data and and it pays well. It's a good track. If you like it, you like it. Um, If you're innately good, uh, like programmer, right? You, You don't, You'll go to school, you'll learn something, right? You'll, you'll improve on that skill. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're able to land a gig based on your current experience, you'll still also expand your knowledge that way. And I've worked, you know, different tracks and I've worked and, with and really good developers that did not go to college. And that's the thing about you guys. You guys are extremely transparent, even with the, with the parents, yeah. with the students, very transparent. Yeah. If, you know, that's, that's the crazy thing. You can't really, if, if you get, if you ever lie about something, you're going to get caught. You cannot Absolutely. fake lying at all. So you guys blitz your brand on, on transparency. And, mm-hmm. you know, here I am. I mean, it's kind of a test almost where I asked you guys, what do you guys think about the school system? Anybody in your place, they'd be like, man, we love the school system, whatever. <laughs> you guys are just very transparent. It doesn't matter, man. At the end of the day, we're if we're building a business on uh, dishonesty and we're faking our way through it, how... How far or how long can we fake it? Not very yeah. far at all. Not very far at all. Not so as far as we're, this, like, at I'm least. A, if we're, if we're, you're, we're still a young startup, considered a young startup. I can Everything I'm saying today, somebody with much more experience can come in and say that they have a completely different opinion or can debate what I think. They can be right. Yeah. What I'm saying is what I feel and what I... I'm, uh, what I have experienced and what's working for you too as of today yeah. I may have a different perspective in five years but in terms of transparency I'm going to say what I feel based on what I've experienced as of today mm-hmm. so yeah. with parents I'm transparent AJ's transparent AJ doesn't really like talking to parents but, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but in, in really even our sales team even our marketing even our message what we what we try to um, show as our voice of the brand is really transparency of course if your kid is failing and you want and they have a test that's going to determine their pass fail uh, state um, in a couple of weeks i'm going to be honest with you and not sell you because i don't think by taking a few tutoring sessions you're going to go from an f to passing your class in right. a in a th four five or five hours. sessions yeah. you know it's it's impossible absolutely we can do our best to guide you. We can do our best to uh, show you different strategies, but we cannot sell you and tell you that we're going to change your, your life, life and yeah. push the magic button and it's going to change everything based on you working with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It hurts us more than it benefits us because of they're going to come back to me and tell me what the hell happened. Yep, yep. And then it goes back to sales as well, because I love sales with a passion. I love selling. I love speaking to people. I love, you know, sales psychology. It goes back to that same exact system where transparency is a huge part of selling. For example, if you, let's say you're talking to a parent and then, you know, you know they're like on their phones, they're not paying attention. You're, you're going to say something along the lines of, hey, I mean, should we reschedule or are you, are you still into this? Just transparency, you know, goes a long way and it's just, it saves you the, the hassle of having to go around in circles and just, you know, uh, not get to the point, if that makes sense. Yeah. Remember, uh, like, when you came on board, one of the first things that I, I that struck with us is that you said you were very transparent in how your work is going to uh, be reflected in, in terms of us getting leads or getting uh, uh, more, more sales or growing specific product lines. You, you, you know, your transparency helped us yeah. as, a, as a customer at that point in bringing uh, your company to support our market. Yeah. So that was something that as we were customer, uh, you were customer uh, transparent. And at the same time, we really appreciated that because every marketing firm that we talked to or every marketing agency we, we brought on board promised us... <laughs> the world crazy things I, i'll go crazy back to the to the question you asked very very early on like what is the your experience of being an entrepreneur yeah the worst things about it <laughs> you are constantly being pitched oh. everything by everyone like it's as simple as like meeting somebody for like a quick lunch yeah and all of a sudden it turns into a sales pitch I'm like, dude yeah. even i just even, thought i'm getting lunch. somebody who is pitching okay i get i get pitched yeah. Yeah. i get pitched so people come to me, they're like, hey, we have this crazy course, this crazy class of yeah. very focused people. And I'm like, okay, good for you, man. <laughs> what, what do you want me to <laughs> one do? Time, one time we got invited to go out uh, and meet an investor. Okay. Right? <laughs> and then we we're like, hey, this is an investor. He's really interested in your company and what you guys are doing. We were all uh, prepped and we stayed and, up the night. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this was sure like, we have a pitch day. <laughs> it was within like four or five days. Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay. You know, what, what's his background? What does he want to do? Uh, we did it's a lot angel, of research on him. investor. And we prepped this whole, you know, presentation deck. And we're like, all right, we're going to go. And this is the focus of our pitch deck. This is where we want to go with our company. Like five minutes into the meeting, it's somehow he did like this reverse Uno card. <laughs> and then he started pitching us. It's a good choice. <laughs> I was like, hey, accelerate. <laughs> you, guys, you guys should like join my program in the Accelerate Pro and you should pay me money. Like yeah. this is this is hey, I don't mind. Minute, wait a minute! I was like, what, what happened? I don't have an issue with accelerator <laughs> programs, but like, when did this change? I don't like accelerator programs. I like I, I have we we are in an accelerator right now. We're in the new chip accelerator. Okay. Um, honestly, we found it to be very valuable in terms of uh, resources and guidance. Okay. Like they they give you like for us they gave us access to this whole mentoring platform where we can connect with any mentor in our industry and a specific vertical. Yeah. So they can just do so much really. It's Yeah. It's the, not it's the not YC, you're not a Y combinator, but at the same time you're still kind of uh, you're, you you have to do it because there are like monthly meetings and you have to yeah. be prepped for them. So it, it puts you on that uh, on the pedestal. Exactly. Yeah, you have to do the work. And the only thing I don't like about accelerator programs is that some of them I can't speak for all, but some of them will will teach you. It's, it's either my way or the highway. So they're gonna be like, okay, this you do it this way, 
if it's not working for you, it's your fault. And I'm like, okay, but this way works better for me. They're like, nah, do it this way. It, this way it depends different. on what you're trying to get out of it. That's right? exactly. If, yep. if you're, it's if like you're, going to college again. Yeah. Basically, man. Basically, yeah. dude. There's there's no difference. Honestly, like that, that that whole stigma of uh, tutoring is only if you're failing. Untrue. Like so false. Some of our biggest, you know, our, our our part of our biggest student base are students with almost all straight, straight A's. A's. Yeah. yeah, and then you can you, a lot of people find this incredibly surprising. And I found when I first, you know, put it where it was put on the on a sales call um, for a student with a parent for that is trying to get a tutor for the student, and the student is, and I asked what what's what's the subject that they're struggling with? Um, has do they have a history of struggling with the subject? And the mom was like, no, she's not actually struggling. She has an A in the class. And I was like, is she struggling in any other class? She's like, no, she actually has straight A's and had straight A's for uh for a really long time and she's this is part of her uh she this is her as a student. Yeah. I was like, why do you need tutoring? And this sparked, by the way, uh a whole different uh approach audience. in our tutoring program yeah. and an audience. Um, but basically, her need was that she wanted somebody to continuously support her student. So when the time came and her student needed support, she wouldn't have to go ahead and find a tutor and then have to find the right tutor yeah. that can personalize the sessions for her kids' needs. Yeah. So for me, I was like, wow. Yeah. Prepping your kids That's very for the true. ultimate That's success. True. And not only that, even adults, I would say. Yeah. I'm not going to say they require tutoring. I'm thinking. That's, training. Was that your point? Jo- job training. Exactly, right. exactly. I took like, the, so it depends on, some, some, some of my jobs required 95 hours every two years of Jeez. training that I had to go out and learn new things. Uh, doctors. Yeah. yeah. Your recertifications if you're on a certification track. Continuous education is a real thing. It's in the workforce. It happens to everyone. So the fact that if your job is a student, right, you need on-the-job training, which in this case, this is supplemental continuous education, which is tutoring. So, you know, the, the, the whole uh, accelerator concept, if you're in it to go, hey, they're going to take my business from, you know, this revenue range and 10 exit, uh, in six months, not going to happen. But you are going to meet other businesses that are around the same startup time as you are. You're going to build a great network and meet a lot of people. Um, you're going to get a couple of resources to kind of help you along. Uh, and you get to practice. You get tutoring. An accelerated MBA program. Okay, that's what it is. Accelerated business school. Yep. It's yep. You can make the most out of it based on what you put into it, they're not going to change your life. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Are you what the you, host? What do you think <laughs> about MBA, like in general? Like if somebody goes, I don't know, this is you too. Like the, the general concept of... Are we talking like Harvard MBA? Any or MBA. I uh, Harvard. I don't, I don't. I don't, we'll, we'll go into the... I, I, I think it preps you to become an employee, not a founder. Yeah. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that if you're putting your bet on the on an MBA program to prep you to become a startup founder or an entrepreneur certain areas yes mm. as a whole no yeah mm-hmm. I, I found a lot of people when, it's when I was masters working. of business administration yeah. so you prepares yeah. you to administer things yeah but going through the shit and you know yeah, facing the challenges that. that entrepreneurs startup founders face um, it's it doesn't it doesn't prep you now if you ha- if you have an mba and you can bring any mba student and yep. i can ask them did your mba program prep you to uh do the full work that you're doing today it's not it, it can prep you to a certain extent yeah. but it's not now if you have an mba and you have experience and now you be- you decide to start your own business course these are these are assets that of you course. have to utilize yeah. but it's not uh yeah. i i i don't care for us to hire somebody in our business yeah um an mba is not a requirement of course the only requirement for us is that if we're hiring tutors outside this because you have to understand we have two different sets of uh like uh, recruiting we have we recruit tutors uh-huh. that provide the educational services educational support services and then we have employees of the business mm-hmm. 
So our tutors are contractors and our our employees are employees of the business. Full time. Yeah. So for you to be an employee of the business, we don't care. One of the best software engineers that we had, uh, um, I, I actually have known for for quite some time, it does not have a degree. Does wow. not have a degree and wow. is probably one of the smartest people I know. For us to bring on people based on qualifications uh, in terms of having specific degrees or diplomas or certifications, it's it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. But we've all, and we can all say this, and I'm sure AJ has a ton more of uh, experience in this line, but how many people do we know that look so great on paper? And then you know them because you, they, you know them personally. They... <laughs> Like, I wouldn't hire a yeah. lot of my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Screw you, man. No, man. <laughs> no, but in, in reality, a lot of people can look good. It's like your social media. Pro- it's an, Your resume is your yeah. Instagram profile for businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. add a grid and add things. It's just, it's a, that you're it's, showing it's, off. Yeah, exactly. Sit down in an interview. And that's why I swear I don't go by those ATS uh, systems to review resumes and then generate things. I, and you can ask AJ. I can I go through each resume I get for any position that we open. I limit, you know, there's just so much I can go through, but I go th- om- through almost all of them and I label them and I go through the actual uh, things that stand out to me, not on a qual- like not from an educational level or from an experience level. It's just that I want to see who's going to who am I going to interview. In the interview when I'm having a conversation and I like Tutors or employees, I interview everyone. Okay. I try my, but AJ does the same. We try to interview everybody from a leadership position because this, these are people that are joining our business. And if I'm delegating this, I definitely have to delegate later down the line. But in that early stage, if I'm delegating to somebody else and I'm trusting them to you know make the decision to bring somebody in that is going to affect the scalability of my business mm-hmm. it's tough so i have to sit down i have to have a conversation and i have to learn more about them on a personal level and then get into the technicals and the technical you know the technical background and I what see. they can provide and you know it, 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 it's 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 uh it's a facade your resume is a facade yep. and you can make it look great and with the different like AI resume writing tools that are out there, Man. everybody is is qualified. Everybody's a Harvard. <laughs> everybody can be as 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 qualified as a Harvard grad. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. In my uh, like my opinion is, you have to be very careful with with uh, making decisions yep. specifically on uh, resumes. So I, I I wanted to talk about something yeah. real quick. About like you mentioned Harvard a lot in your thing in in, in the 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 monologue. I don't even remember <laughs> what the question was asked. Um, so hey, one hey, of the you. things that like really bugs me is when people talk about college education and how much it costs. Like, okay. if you can afford a Rolex, buy a Rolex. <clears throat> but if you can't, don't. nothing wrong with a Casio, right? So the the concept of Oh, I have to go to college. I have to have like half a million dollars saved up. Like, yeah, I mean, if if you can afford the half a million dollar, absolutely, go to Ivy Leagues. Great education, great history. You'll make great connections, and you'll look good on any resume. But like, you'll get a comparable education, like a good education, yeah. almost anywhere, exactly. and like at any state school. And matter of fact. A lot of people that I've worked with did the the, the two and two route, like two okay. years of community college. That's what I did. Yeah, I didn't know that. I still like fight with my parents about this because well, the, I, I was they didn't know that. Well, they didn't know that, but like I, I met a couple of people in high school that said, "Yeah, we're gonna go to a community college uh, for the first two years and uh, transfer to to you know okay transfer to VCU right is where yeah. I lived Richmond." Uh, and I was like, "Okay, well, that sounds cool." I'll do that. And I went to my parents and I told them, hey, I want to go to this community college. And they thought of it as like a bad thing. Yeah. And they were like, no, you're you're not doing that. Because I don't think they knew. Thing, well, because, yeah. you know, from our back, like community colleges yeah. back home, it's it's a different thing. 
Um, yeah. Then what it yeah, is. Yeah. Ballpark, absolutely. Yeah. Because so. community college back home is like, you know, it's training. You know, if you yeah. go there, if you're, if you can't get into college. So yeah. You guys, you guys are both from Iraq, including, including me. Yeah. So h- how do you guys resonate with kind of the, the Arabs in this area? And, and h- how do you build trust with, with, because a lot of, a lot of the people that you do actually work with that do come back, your returning customers are actually just people who are, um, other referrals or people who have just been there for a very long time. So you have very, very, very loyal, loyal customers or very loyal clients. Um, how do you guys do that, and how does that relate to in terms of your of, culture? In terms of um, just building trust with them. I mean, I, I I try to separate my personal life from my business as much as um, possible, but in that early stages, you really can't. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like, because you're trying to grow, you're trying to uh, get the word out, and you have to start off by using that. Uh, Net that, that 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 close that first net network yeah the people that you know family and friends and things like that, um, I mean I <laughs> we 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 are introverted individuals I can okay. say this I don't know about AJ I, but I, I can tell. say he's a he's an engineer so yeah <laughs> okay so that's kind of in his personality it's a, it's it's in his, dig- his education. <laughs> I think I grew out. I don't you know grew if, out of it. I yeah, yeah, think so. You have more friends now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but me personally, I, I, it's I don't I don't know how, but building trust is for me to trust you mm-hmm. is, um, is, is 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 tough because I've had experiences where I gave trust pretty quickly and it it. Uh, fire, yeah, exactly. Assuming, yeah. Exactly. So I don't. Uh, I have a few people that are close to me. Um, there's, you know, there's very, very few people that know, you know, deep secret. Those deep dark secrets. Yeah. Probably just my mom, honestly. Yeah. Skeletons in the closet. <laughs> my skeletons. But in reality, I have a close, a small uh, friend circle. Circle. Yeah. And um, everybody else is, you know, I very high hello type of relationship. yeah yeah i, I still love question that all the time <laughs> yeah i i mean it's you you for me i don't like that i want to say irrelevant relationship yeah. like if i if you're my friend i will we will go out we have we conversate about things we like and yeah it's, yeah i want to get value out of my conversation with of course my friend. Of i course. don't want to go and talk whatever shit or you know here's you know irrelevant things um in our culture this is very common and very popular beyond uh, common yeah so it's something that you have to find a way to mitigate and make sure that it doesn't affect your business See, have you ever been the bad guy for just not wanting or not having the time to hang out with your friends or seeing people oh you're always the bad guy you're yeah. always the bad guy Man, I, I especially I after have, this, like I, after having your own company, and it, oh yeah. it, it sucks up a lot of time. Well, they think you're, it's an ego thing, or they think it's that. That's but what it's it not. is. I, mean, I wish I can hang out, but I have to uh, do payroll at like twelve a.m. or one a.m. Or I have to yeah. go make sure I onboard a new uh, employee. <laughs> like the other day, he sent me an email. Did you onboard this guy? And I'm like, dude, I'm trying to onboard him. It's just. 2 a.m. right now. <laughs> Man, the, the amount of times I have been the bad guy for just focusing on things. You have to I be okay to being on. the bad guy. Well, I mean, yeah. In, in, in any to, way, are you the bad? Like, uh, to myself, do you think you're the bad guy? Absolutely not. Are you doing Never. anything to harm anyone? No, if I am not. This is the image that is perceived by other people. Honestly, it doesn't matter. So be it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, completely agree with that. Well, thank you guys for for coming on. I really yeah, definitely man, appreciate great. it. All of your, your website is going to be down in the description. I mean, anybody who's watching this, these guys are great. They have a great team on the back end. There's some very smart tutors, and you guys have been, have been doing this for a very, very long time. So anybody watching, man, you need some tutoring. You're a parent. These guys are the guys to go to. Appreciate um, it. And, yeah, I'll link everything in the description, and, and we'll, we'll stay in touch for sure. All right, man. Yeah. Thanks for okay. having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. It was much. fun. Thank you so much. All right.